Pastor Xavier Reese says there's no such thing as a permanent stain when it comes to God's cleansing. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And you and I need to understand that every day of our life, that as God has cleansed you and cleansed me and cleansed people around us, pure as the whiteness of snow, as Isaiah says, and their sins are never going to be brought up before them. Who are you and who am I to bring them up? Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. Picturing a globe, if you were to plot a continuous journey heading north, there would be a point where you would wind up proceeding in a southerly direction. On the other hand, set out heading east. Theoretically, you would circle the globe endlessly, never having gone westward. And that's what Pastor Xavier wants to drive home in our message today when it comes to the concept of God's forgiveness. The simple truth is, God couldn't dispose of sin any further from our lives than He does when we seek repentance from it, even and including sexual sin. Let's listen now as we learn the basis of a fresh start in spite of failure. Now what if you have gone too far? But what if you've blown it? Is it all over with? No. No, it isn't. Christ can and will forgive you. And He will also allow you to have a fresh start in spite of failure. In 1 John 1, 9, it says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. All unrighteousness. The word confess means to say the same thing, to agree. God says, that's sin. And if you repent sincerely and you agree that it's sin and you confess it, He says He forgives you and you are a new creature. For God made Him, Christ, to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him, 2 Corinthians 5.21. No, you can't regain your physical virginity. But at least now you can maintain your spiritual virginity. You can stop having sex. And you can trust God to strengthen you and to direct you and to guide you and to bless you. For Him to transform your mind and refresh your heart and mind so that when you get married, God will blow your mind how He'll bless you even though you've blown it. But it's through transformation. All sin is removed. As far as east is from the west, Psalm 103, 12 says. All sin. If you go east, you'll never end up going west. And if you go west, you'll never end up going east. That means you will never run into your sin. You have God's word on it. And you and I need to understand that every day of our life, that as God has cleansed you and cleansed me and cleansed people around us, where they're as pure as the whiteness of snow, as Isaiah says. And their sins are never going to be brought up before them. Who are you and who am I to bring them up? We're nobody. Now, you need to recognize your own personal failure and choice in allowing yourself to be sexually defiled by not stopping the individual from a handshake to a kiss to the fondling to the sexual act. If you don't 
recognize that and take personal responsibility and recognize that you are the one who allowed yourself to be defiled, you will live with resentment and bitterness and never own up to your sin. Yes, they may have had a big part of it. Yes, they may have manipulated you, but that's not the issue. The issue is you have to take personal responsibility. I allowed that to take place. Unless you were raped, you allowed yourself to be defiled. And you must take personal responsibility for that and recognize that. That will do more for you than for the other person because it will allow you to release them so that you can go on living. Very important. Very important. It was a choice. Regardless of what was promised, what was said, or the situation. It was a choice, and you made it. Now you need to understand that there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, the Scripture says. Romans 8.1 It doesn't say there won't be any consequences. It says there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. There may be some consequences that will follow you the rest of your life. There may be some temporary consequences. Then you have to trust God to walk in the Spirit so you don't fulfill the lust of the flesh and draw from His grace. And when those accusations come from yourself, from other people, from Satan, then you have to bring those thoughts into captivity as Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3-5. through 5. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, and it is a warfare. But you and I get to choose whether we win or lose. We cannot be defeated. We can only allow ourselves to be defeated by believing the lies of the enemy and not believing what the Word of God says. I have to bring my thoughts into that captivity. Those things that come against the knowledge of God. God says, I'm forgiven. I say, well, it was just terrible. I'm forgiven. Satan says, hey, you remember that sin? And I said, no, God forgot it. But we allow that condemnation, we allow the accusation, everything else, and before we know it, we're wiped out. It's a warfare. Put on the armor. Put on the mind of God. And don't turn your back. There's no armor on your back. And you better fight. You better fight hard. Now, in our last study, I pointed out that through the scriptures, the greater emphasis of sexual responsibility appears to fall on the woman. But you know what's interesting also? That the greater emphasis for forgiveness of sexual sin through the scriptures is always on the woman. God is so good. You remember the woman of Samaria, John 4? Jesus said, I must needs go through Samaria. Why? Because he knew there was a hurting woman there. You think she wasn't the talk of the town? As he began his conversation, he says, you know, you've had five husbands and the man you're living with, he's not your husband. And Jesus brought peace and forgiveness to her and released her from her debt. That's what forgiveness means, a release, a letting go, a sending away. The woman at Simeon's house or Simon's house in Luke 7. As Jesus was there and Simon invited him to dinner and Jesus went and Simon didn't give him the anointing for his head. He didn't give him water to wash his feet. He didn't hug him or nothing. He sat down. He's talking about and all of a sudden this woman's washing the Lord's feet. In the midst of conversation, Simeon is talking to himself. If this man, speaking of Jesus, were a man of God, he would know what manner of woman this was. What was he saying? She's a prostitute. 
And so Jesus says, Simon, I have someone to say to you. He says, say on, master. He said, there were two people who owed this guy a lot of money. One owed him very little, the other one a whole bunch of money. He forgave them both, complete the debt. Which one will love the most? I can see Simon sitting up real straight and says, how oh, that's easy. He says, the one who owed the most. And Jesus turned to that woman and said, Simon, do you see this woman? Simon within himself, I'm sure, said, yeah, she's a whore. But see, that's what he failed to see. He did not see the woman as Christ saw her. She was a new creature. Jesus said, her sins were many, so she loves much, because much has been forgiven. A brand new creature in Christ Jesus. And so as I see the greater emphasis of sexual purity for the cohesiveness of the home and the cohesiveness of society and the woman, I equally see God's graciousness emphasizing the greater forgiveness for the woman because she's the one that takes the brunt of the whole thing all the time by the weasels of men. God is gracious. God is good. So whatever has happened, wherever you've been, know for a fact that God has made you Brand new. The whole context of this section is sanctification. Now live a sanctified life, set apart for God, trusting in the power of the Spirit. If need be like Joseph, if you've got to run naked, man, run. But don't sit and don't lay down. You better run. How should I date after then if I'm a creature now? Let me give you some guidelines. First, Date only Christians. 2 Corinthians 6.14, don't be unequally yoked. Now, a lot of Christian women can't handle this, or men. They like to go fishing in, out there in the sea. Be careful. You might pull up a shark. <laughs> or a stingray. Or an eel. If you date non-believers, don't be surprised when you get involved sexually. You're reaping to what you've sown. If you are sinning against the light of God, that you are not to be unequally yoked. You've got nothing in common. You've got different standards. You've got different goals. What are you doing out there? Amos 3.3 says, Can two walk together except they be agreed? The answer is obvious. No. When he, get, he wants to get down hot and heavy, and you say, let's pray, you think he's going to want to pray? <laughs> I doubt it. Now, you may go out with a Christian. It doesn't mean he won't try to have sex with you. There's a lot of cardinal people in the church. Or girls. But you know one thing, if you date non-believers, guess what? You'll probably marry a non-believer. Because that's where you're fishing. You usually pull out a fish where you're fishing. I don't know if it's that obvious to you. Dating is not all of your life, young people and single people. Dating is only a very small fraction of your life. And you know what? We in the American culture have made it the entire importance of our life. And you know what? It's a time of pollution and destruction. Have fun. Those years go by fast. Second, tell your date you don't fool around sexually right off the bat. 
Don't go out on dates without having definite plans or somewhere to go. You don't just go out with a guy and say, well, I don't know what we're going to do. He does. <laughs> Otherwise, you know what happens? You get in the car. Well, oh, I don't know. Oh, well, let's just drive around pretty soon. Oh, well, let's park. Oh, you want to go to the park and play on the swings? No, that's not what he wants to do. <laughs> Have a plan. Know where you're going. Fourth, go with others. There is protection in numbers. Don't feel you have to be alone with a guy all the time or a girl. That's dangerous. The proverb says the man that isolates himself, he does it to seek his own pleasure. His own destruction. If your date's too physical, sixth, he or she is not really interested in you but in themselves. Get rid of them. Get rid of them fast. Seventh, distinguish between lust from love. Lust cannot wait. Love always waits. Lust despises. Love honors. Love can't get enough. Lust moves on to something new. There's a difference. Now, as you walk in the spirit dating, then there's the marriage commitment. Let me give you some guidelines there. One, be patient and wait. Don't grow weary while doing good. For in due season you will reap if you do not lose heart. Galatians 6, 9. It will be worth the wait, let me tell you. Man, it'll be great. If you are Christ, you have crucified the flesh and its passions and desires. Galatians 5, 20. So walk in the spirit that you don't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Galatians 5.16 It's a purposeful, willful intention to walk. It doesn't happen automatically. Secondly, be honest and have integrity with your mate-to-be. Let me give you two guidelines for this about being honest and having integrity towards your mate in the future if you have blown it. One, Prior to your engagement and your commitment to be married, you have no personal responsibility to share any intimate moral failure with the person you are dating. You understand what I'm saying? It's none of their business. But secondly, once you reach that point of commitment or looking towards marriage, I personally have come to believe through the years and being in the ministry, that both mates need to communicate moral failure or anything that they feel may be destructive to their marriage afterwards if not shared before. Now, caution. You need to have discretion and wisdom on what you share, how much you share. So I'm not talking about gory details. I'm not talking about number of times, but a sufficient saying, you know what? I've blown it in the past, and you need to know before you want to move on with me, and you let me know. I make that a very strong point when I counsel people before they're going to get married. A very strong point. Let me give you some important reasons why. One, you may be afraid of losing them. But it's better to lose them before 
than after you say, I do. That's the first good reason. Because you don't ever know how that person's going to respond to something that you've kept from them. Secondly, it will keep you from living in fear. Always wondering, I wonder if you'll find out. Thirdly, you may say, I'm forgiven. That's my past. Yes, but if he or she finds out afterwards, they may feel you lied to them, deceived them, and become bitter and resentful. And you will never have the place in their heart that you could have or that you should have. Very, very possible. Now, if he resents you after you're married, having told him, at least you've told him and you know you're right with God. And God will have to deal with it. But at least you know you've been honorable and honest. You've given him the choice, or her the choice. And I'm not talking about just being sexually impure, but I'm talking about, you know, if you've been married before, don't go keep that from somebody. If you were a homosexual before, lesbian, those are things you don't keep from people. Because if they find out afterwards, what's going to happen? It's better to find out before the marriage that the guy doesn't want you or the girl doesn't want you. And you know what? All you have is a broken heart for a while rather than a broken marriage which tears God up and will tear you up. It's a lot better. One second before the altar, it's great. You, everything can be broken off. It's always best. Afterwards, it's always real destructive. And usually, kids are involved. And that's worse. Everyone responds differently. So do yourself a favor. Test the rope before you swing on it. Make sure it's going to hold you. Find out if that person really loves you. And if they don't, you want to find out before you say, I do. You really do. If not, you'll regret it. Sex has its prices, people. Our hearts are evil. I want to close reading to you a letter that I wrote to my daughter as she was going to enter high school. My dearest and most precious Mandy, you have grown up so fast before my eyes and have blossomed like a beautiful flower. I want to share with you my heart about the next four years you will be spending in high school. First, they are going to be so exciting and fun because you will begin to experience your own ability to make decisions apart from mom and dad. And I won't have to worry about those decisions. And neither will you whether they're right or wrong. Second, it's going to be fun because you're going to be involved in a lot of school activities, meet new friends, and go to places together. It's going to be fun also because you will get to drive a car and become more independent from mom and I. But also, you're going to begin to experience the exciting and fun of dating and boys. Now, with all of this fun and excitement, there are also dangers because everything is new and you haven't the experience to understand all of the consequences. But if you will trust and obey the Lord 
recognizing that the standard of His Word has great benefits in life, both now and the future, you will overcome these danger areas. Remember always that some of your friends and others will not heed the areas of danger, and at times may even be able to flirt with them and escape the immediate consequences. But that will be a lie and deception. As Solomon warned his son, I warn you with all my heart, Mandy, don't let sinners entice you or pressure you to play or partake in sin on any level. For it is the way of a foolish person who doesn't understand the danger, the damage, and, or consequences. Now, at this point, you need to know that I and your mother love you oh so much, and that we will always love you even when you make a wrong decision. Mandy, the ring we are giving you is the most important ring that we can give to you as your father and mother because it represents your commitment to the Lord Jesus. You belong to Him. We gave her a ring going into high school. Remember that I said, you have blossomed like a beautiful flower. And like every beautiful flower that attracts attention, it will cause people uh, to touch it. The only thing is that because of so much touching, the beautiful flower is broken, damaged, and its beauty is lost. So Mandy, you are God's beautiful flower, and many boys will be attracted to you and desire to touch you, to rob you of your purity. But that is when you must reach down to your hand and feel the ring on your finger and remember that you belong to the Lord until Jesus Christ brings your husband to you. The ring that your mother and I wear are a commitment to each other that there will be no other person even when we are apart on opposite sides of the world. The end of the letter says all your decisions not only in the next four years have to be made in view that you belong to Jesus not your emotions or hormones, which will put you in that danger zone. My little flower Mandy, stay in the garden and let the Lord take care of you so that you blossom in the beauty of holiness until Jesus plucks you and hands you to your husband as a beautiful white rose to touch, smell, and appreciate. Mandy, have a great and fun time in high school. Enjoy every moment because it goes too fast. Your dad that loves you very much. That is my prayer for my little girl. It's my prayer for you. If you have not had sex, God bless you. Hang in there, man. Trust God. If you have, know that God has forgiven you and begin to walk in that purity of life. And God will bless you. But be careful of the snares. Don't make provisions for your flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. Walk in the Spirit. Watch what you hear. Watch what you see. Watch what you take in. Who do you affiliate with? Watch your compromises. And you will never, ever regret it. And so may God give you wisdom and the strength to walk in sexual purity. Pastor Xavier Reese with some final words of encouragement for staying sexually pure.
Now, you may be interested to know that today's presentation can be heard again, anytime, by way of the radio listings link at calvarychapelpasadena.com. And there's still much more to come of today's in-depth study right here next time as well. But if you prefer your own personal copy on CD, we can make one available for only $4 upon request. The title to ask for is A Fresh Start in Spite of Failure. By the way, we'll be able to include everything Pastor Xavier shared the last time we were together as well. And having your own copy makes it convenient to share this message with others you know. So when you contact us, mention today's date or the title once again, A Fresh Start in Spite of Failure. Request yours by writing Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Again, that's Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And please include the call letters of this station with your correspondence. That would be a great help to us in our efforts to monitor the effectiveness of this radio ministry. More of the Simple Truths of Sexual Purity coming up on our next broadcast with Pastor Xavier Reese. Hope you'll be back then. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com 